48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. More than 80 residents of a building in Jordan are quarantined after a highly infectious new variant of COVID-19 emerges there. The chairman of the Journalist Association expresses concern after the police chief suggests a national security law could be used to target what he called fake news. And the government rejects criticism of the sentences handed down to leading pro-democracy activists yesterday. More than 80 residents of a building in Jordan have been quarantined after the emergence of a highly infectious COVID variant for the first time in the SAR. Health officials say a 29-year-old man who returned to Hong Kong from Dubai last month contracted the N501Y strain through unknown sources. He tested negative for the virus when he underwent a 21-day quarantine at a hotel in Chimsachui last month. After completing his quarantine, he stayed at a flat in Parks building in Jordan and the case was uncovered. Here's Dr. Chuan Shekwan from the Center for Health Protection. He either had already uh, got infection overseas in Dubai, coupled with a long incubation period, or those uh, tests uh, in the hotel cannot detect he's infected. So we're not sure about this. The other possibility is that um, he acquired the infection after arrival in Hong Kong, either in the flight, in the airport, in the hotel. These are, are all the possibilities we have to examine. And the third possibility is that um, after quarantine, he went to the community. So he might get the infection from the community. Overall, the centre reported 18 new coronavirus infections, eight of which were locally acquired. Two are linked to previous cases and six were untraceable. The chairman of the Hong Kong Journalist Association, Chris Young, has hit back at Police Commissioner Chris Tang's recent criticism of the media, saying it was misleading. Mr. Tang repeatedly accused Apple Daily of inciting hatred by putting on its front page a photo of children playing with toy guns inside a mock-up of an MTR carriage on the police college open day. The police chief also warned that while there are no laws against fake news here, the force can look into anyone who's suspected of having breached a national security law or can Committed acts of incitement. But Mr. Yang said the newspaper was only exercising their editorial judgment. That's a matter of judgment and different editorial treatment common in different uh, media. It's entirely not a case of so-called fake news. He went even further to say that because there's no such law against fake news at the moment, so he said that other laws, including national security law, might be applied to handle such cases. That really confirmed fears that the national security law could become a weapon to curb freedom of the press, to put more red lines on media in handling their coverage and perhaps at this time uh, the handling of photos. The government has rejected criticism of recent court sentences, saying it disagrees with what it called ungrounded comments made by politicians. It follows EU and British criticism of sentences handed down to 10 pro-democracy activists yesterday. Priscilla reports. In a statement, the Department of Justice said some recent criticism of court decisions was politically motivated and warned foreign governments against attempting to meddle in the SAR's affairs. It said the Hong Kong government had always respected the rights and freedoms of its people, but those rights were not absolute and were subject to restrictions. Earlier, the EU criticized the sentences handed down to media tycoon Jimmy Lai and nine other pro-democracy activists, saying they eroded basic freedoms in Hong Kong and affected EU-China relations. 
Separately, British Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab also called on Beijing to stop prosecuting pro-democracy campaigners in Hong Kong, while Hong Kong's last colonial governor, Chris Patton, criticized the Chinese Communist Party's comprehensive assault on the freedoms of Hong Kong and its rule of law. Queen Elizabeth has led Britain in a one-minute silence in memory of her late husband, Prince Philip, as she bids him a final farewell at a funeral restricted by COVID rules, but reflecting his long life of military and public service. More from Todd Harding. The 94-year-old monarch, dressed in mourning black and a black face mask, sat inside St George's Chapel at Windsor Castle as the Duke of Edinburgh's coffin arrived on a bespoke Land Rover which he designed himself. A military gun was fired to signal the start of the solemn tribute, which was observed in shops, railway stations and at sporting events across the country. The ceremony, with just 30 mourners, is taking place entirely behind the castle's stately walls, with the public urged to stay away because of the pandemic. RTHK, the time is now 5 minutes past 11. India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi has called for a major Hindu religious festival to be kept symbolic after a week of record daily increases in COVID infections. Critics have questioned why the annual Kumela was allowed to go ahead. More from the BBC's Letra Naismith. The timing couldn't be worse. As India grapples with a seemingly unstoppable surge of infections, millions have descended on Haridwa for weeks of ritual bathing in the waters of the river Ganges. It is, to devotees, an act of cleansing and salvation. But there are concerns it can only add to India's spiralling COVID cases. Several thousand have already been linked to the event, although the real number is thought to be much higher. But Mr Modi stopped short of explicitly calling for Kumela to end. The number of COVID-19 deaths around the world has risen to more than 3 million. Figures compiled by Johns Hopkins University show that most fatalities have been in the United States, followed by Brazil, Mexico and India. China has reacted angrily to comments by President Biden and the Japanese Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga, who's been on an official visit to the United States. A statement issued by the Chinese embassy in Washington said the talks had gone beyond the scope of bilateral relations. At a White House news conference alongside Mr. Suga, Joe Biden spoke of presenting a united front against challenges by Beijing in the region. We committed to working together to take on the challenges from China, and on issues like the East China Sea, the South China Sea, as well as North Korea, to ensure a future of a free and open Indo-Pacific. And we're committed to defending and advancing our shared values, including human rights and the rule of law. Thailand says the military leader of Myanmar, Min Aung Hlaing, will attend an emergency regional summit next week in Jakarta. The country's ousted civilian leaders are not expected to attend. Myanmar's neighbors have been leading international efforts to encourage dialogue between the military and their opponents. Here is the BBC's Laura Bicker. The talks come as local advocacy groups within Myanmar report that at least 728 civilians have been killed. Daily protests calling for democracy to be restored have continued throughout a five-day Buddhist New Year holiday and despite a brutal crackdown by security forces. The ruling junta has released more than 23,000 prisoners as part of an annual amnesty. But so far, it's unclear whether any of the pro-democracy protesters or journalists detained over the last few months will be freed. 
Russia's Federal Security Service has announced that it detained one of the Ukrainian consuls in St. Petersburg yesterday for receiving classified information from a Russian citizen. He has since been released. This report from the BBC's Danny Eberhard. In a brief statement on its website, the FSB said Alexander Sosonyuk had been caught red-handed with information from the FSB's own database and that of other law enforcement agencies. The action, it said, was obviously hostile towards Russia. Mr. Sosonyuk, one of several Ukrainian consuls in St. Petersburg, is protected by diplomatic immunity, but moves have begun to expel him. Relations between Russia and Ukraine are already severely strained. Russia has tens of thousands of troops stationed along its border with Ukraine and in the annexed territory of Crimea, deployments that Kiev and its allies in the West have denounced as aggression. The U.S. space agency NASA has chosen the Californian rocket company SpaceX to make the craft which will take humans to the moon for the first time in half a century. SpaceX says it will develop reusable Starship spacecraft in combination with super-heavy rockets. The lunar mission is seen as a big step towards more ambitious goals, as NASA's Catherine Leaders explained on the agency's YouTube channel. The human landing system is going to allow us to be able to access different parts of the lunar surface. But it also allows us to explore a new technology and capabilities that will help us when we are trying to figure out our next round of technologies to be able to help us land on Mars or our other planets out there. And to end the news, the top stories again. More than 80 residents of a building in Jordan are quarantined after a highly infectious new variant of COVID-19 emerges there. The chairman of the Journalists Association expresses concern after the police chief suggests a national security law could be used to target what he called fake news. And the government rejects criticism of the sentences handed down to leading pro-democracy activists yesterday. And that's the news from RTHK.
who's planning for the future, looking for what's going to happen after. We heard from Donovan Frankenreader, and he's singing about life, love, and laughter. I got close to your skin While you were sleeping I taste the salt on your hands I reached out to touch you Don't 